Hello and welcome to the F word. The F word, of course, stands for front end, the wonderful world of web standards, browsers, JavaScript, CSS, SVG, and everything in between and beyond. I'm Bruce Lawson coming to you from Birmingham in the United Kingdom. I'm Vadim Makiev from St. Petersburg, Russia. Now, I've got to ask you, Vadim, because I have a letter here, and it reads, Dear F-Word, bring back Vadim Makiev. He's the best. Signed the St. Petersburg Web Standards Posse. Um, and actually, the signature reads, Madim Vakiev. So, so where have you been? Well, I've been learning how to write again to actually uh, send you this letter. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I've been busy with uh, multiple projects. I just recently got back from Moscow, where Yandex invited me to take part in their conference. And, uh, you know, I have a weird experience just yesterday. I took part in debates uh, for the first time, like the real, real ones with cameras and studio and like two teams fighting each other over some idea. We are, we're actually fighting over idea that uh, we should go back from quarantine to to offices when it's over mm -hmm. or just stay as remote workers. I've been defending a remote work, but you know, it's really interesting to fight or just to discuss or argue about something. But they asked us to actually fight, not looking for middle ground or not trying to agree with each other, but actually fight. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like it because it's like box where audience is, is waiting for some blood and, and tears and strategy. Was it for TV or what was it for? It was live stream. Uh, at the end of the conference so it's it felt like tv because of those cameras and studio and uh, everything well number one can i have your autograph because you're obviously a <laughs> massive star but yeah i mean that that's uh that's entertainment isn't it they 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 want the blood they want the um they want the knockdown punch lots oh, yeah. of people saying yes you've got a good point that might make a web standard but it doesn't actually make a make entertainment I don't know about you. I mean, I've been working at home for, for 12 years, which is, I mean, it's great now because my life, okay, my social life has been disrupted, but my actual work has continued much as before. And uh, even before COVID, I couldn't imagine working in an office environment again. It sounds like hell to me, but... Uh, I can imagine that some people miss it. I try to defend this idea and I'm not 100% uh, remote worker myself. It was a game for me. Mm -hmm. Try to defend this idea and I think I, I succeeded. But the uh, overall score was against our team, so... I can understand. I mean, you've got the kind of face that people want in their office. So I've, got, I've definitely got a face for remote working, <laughs> so... Uh, Anyway, it's good to, that we have this this sort of podcast where we can be reasonable, not to fight each other, but actually... F Bullshit! Really? <laughs> no, I just wanted to have a bit of entertainment there. No, not for us. Okay, I agree. So tell me, what is new in the merry world of browser development and standards? Yeah, we have uh, 
announcement of Chrome 88 beta. It's usually a huge blog post full of everything they they come up with, uh, starting from little CSS properties to huge origin trials. This time, I think they, they tried to hide the most important thing at the end of the blog post. They actually finally removed Web Components v0. It was the first implementation they shipped how many years ago? At least five years ago. Oh, ages ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, they, they tried to remove it a few years back, and they couldn't because uh, they realized that their own YouTube is written on Web Components uh, mm-hmm. V0 and many other projects out there using Polymer or just playing JavaScript or maybe some some less known frameworks and they they just couldn't and it uh, for a while it 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 stayed as reversed origin trial they removed it but they made a mechanism to enable it back if you need it so you could you could use a meta tag with some key to enable it but in the chrome 88 they're going to remove it completely and maybe it will be a few megabytes smaller because of that i don't know actually are you seeing much use of web components in any project you're working on i i haven't seen any w3c web components in the wild on stuff i'm on you know i'm I've seen React components, etc., but not just not not the original vision of the W3C web components. I don't, I just don't see them happening. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. Uh, here and there, I see some traces of it. Mostly uh, when you when you browse uh, the web, you you don't see if it's web component or just a div with some classes. But when you when you explore websites, when you open source code, here and there you can see custom elements. And usually it's a sign that there is a shadow root inside and some things are going on. But even without uh, custom elements, you can have shadow root. And it's really hard to detect it even via exploring source code. It could be just hidden somewhere inside of it. So if it's custom elements plus shadow root or without it, it's easier to spot. But otherwise, it's it's really hard to see. Uh, but in, in projects that I'm uh, working on, I don't see it in source code. I mean, during development, I don't see it's. I don't have a chance to work with. Uh, recently, I, I actually had a chance to uh, experiment with declarative shadow DOM. That was interesting. Okay. So uh, it's a way. It's just a way to enable shadow root without using JavaScript by just shadow root attribute with the value open. So it will isolate your CSS, JavaScript, and everything inside of uh, shadow root without uh, using JavaScript. I think it was the announced it somewhere in, uh, in August, maybe, or September, around that time. And I was really, really surprised to see it. And uh, I tried it, and it worked beautifully for my use cases because I'm still missing this uh, style scope thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can, you can scope your uh, styles inside of element, not globally. So it would be a good thing to have. And I heard they're planning to get it back, but in some other shape or form. So this uh, declarative Shadow DOM is not a replacement for it, though it might work this way. I can probably add some links uh, to uh, show notes uh, to my declarative Shadow DOM demos so our listeners could could explore this thing. Or I think they have a couple uh, articles on uh, web dev. 
please post the links, Vadim, because uh, listeners at home, of course, you can't see, but Vadim and I are uh, also talking on Zoom. And what you can't see is actually the back of my brain is splattered against my rear office wall because I'd seen that there was discussion of declarative shadow DOM. But I didn't realise it was actually in the wild because I've got to got to say it's scope styles is what I wanted in a project for a big client three clients ago and and it had been deprecated and I didn't know that declarative shadow DOM was was actually a thing that existed I thought it was only in discussion so it's actually there in browsers now like not behind a flag it's it's in chromium it's unstable you can use it without flags but it's not compatible but there is a there is a polyfill that would just uh, look for this attribute and enable it via javascript so it's there's a way to use it in other browsers so yeah it will definitely help uh, with uh, modern frameworks and in server side rendering uh, mm-hmm. for modern single page applications it was the, their their main goal they weren't trying to recreate this uh, style scoping. They were mostly trying to uh, make a server-side rendering work. Otherwise, for web components, it's really hard to... It's impossible to uh, make them work immediately after they delivered from server. Mm-hmm. You'll have to uh, get the HTML and then enable uh, Shadow Root via JavaScript only after some time. If you could hear a squishy noise, folks, that's the remnants of my hippocampus deliquescing through my ear. Don't try to imagine it. Don't. Never go to Moscow again, Dean, because I've just missed the memo because you weren't here to tell me. What else? What else is in this blog post hiding away that's going to um, presumably make my spinal column disintegrate? <laughs> I, I'm not sure if it's going to do something to you, but no one knew that FTP existed in Chromium, but they actually removed it from Chromium 88. So uh, if you navigate FTP link uh, in Chrome 88, it won't even try to open it. Before, it used to uh, it used to show you the list of files and the uh, name of folder, but they 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 started to slowly remove it. And uh, in Chromium 88, they're gonna remove it uh, altogether. And uh, I would keep something even for navigating folders in Chromium, but. It's not my call to to make such decisions, so it would be easier for them to remove it since they don't have uh, FTPS support, so it wasn't secure. And uh, it was uh, some vector for for an attack. For anybody under 50 who's listening, by the way, FTP stands for FileZilla, trust me, please. Yeah, something like that. So (laughs) I I used to deploy websites using FTP and uh, probably you too. Used to I did about a week ago. <laughs> no, I mean uh, the f- for the last five years I've been using uh, SSH uh, and uh, some rsync for deploying files uh, to web servers, not FTP because it's outdated. It's there are there are problems. There are security issues uh, connected to it. Even if you're using FTP over SSH, even though mm-hmm. uh, so it was easier to, to just use SSH for me. So I won't miss it. Not sure about you. No, I won't. I suppose it's one of those things. It's like one of those artifacts of the early web. I mean, I, I can remember sitting there on a Friday night at midnight, pressing a button to deploy a production website, hoping, hoping. That everything went right. And that was, I don't know, 2006, so not that long ago, 14 years ago. Okay, maybe a long time ago in internet terms, but uh, 
But yeah, you'll be telling me next that Gopher is removed from from Chrome as well. Uh, this little animal, or what are you talking about? Oh, now I really <laughs> am showing my age. Actually, the for me, the most interesting thing in that Chromium blog is actually now you can use target equals underscore blank and it not be a vulnerability in Chrome, finally. Only, I don't know how many years since our old chum Matthias Bynans discovered and proved the vulnerability finally chrome has sorted that one out i think it was one of the few times where chromium was the last opera was the first <laughs> well it's opera is always the first but uh i remember firefox implemented it a while ago and then safari or vice versa but Chromium took them a while to to disable this. And it's weird because it's a security problem and they usually uh, respond to security issues fairly quickly. I think they might have found some compatibility problems or it would hurt their ad advertising business or I don't know why. I would love to know. Uh, so if your listeners know what, what was the reason behind it, please tell us uh, some on Twitter, for example. Yeah, and it wasn't a trivial or a particularly sort of arcane vulnerability problem, you know, which required a ludicrously unlikely setup. It's basically if you opened a link with target underscore blank as lots of people like to do for inexplicable reasons, you were vulnerable to hijacking. It, it was as simple as that. It, it was a plainly obvious security flaw. And, and again, listeners, if you believe that any of your sites are being used by people who aren't on the most up-to-date Chromium, if you are opening a link in a new tab, you need to have no referrer and no opener in your rel tag, or uh, your rel attribute, sorry. That's me hitting myself for calling an attribute a tag after telling people there's no such thing as alt tags. But yeah. Yeah, if you're doing target equals blank, use rel equals no opener, no referrer. So you can, I guess, uh, after this Chrome release, you can stop doing this because it will be default behavior. Not everybody updates Chromium all the time, you know. It tries to stay evergreen, but yeah, it's not. It's not always enabled by default by your admin or someone. Uh, and uh, probably the last thing I want to mention today is aspect ratio property. It's now available in Chromium and it's going to allow you to make things like iframe, for example, or just a simple div to behave like an image. Imagine you have an uh, image with uh, a width equals 100% and height auto. If you ever try to resize a window with such an image, you would notice that it keeps the aspect ratio based on the aspect ratio in the image itself. But if you want to have a 16 by 9 video that's responsive, mm -hmm. it was really hard for you to have this video to keep its uh, ratio based on the content. Oh, yeah. There used to be this padding hack. This horrendous hack. Yes, I use that on my site. Well, it's not, it's not a hack. It's just uh, you would have your padding bottom calculated uh, based on the width, not the height of an element, something like this. And people used to have like outer element with a height zero and padding bottom like 52.6 something something to have 19, uh, 16 by 9. And they, in this case, you can just have any block uh, with 100% and height auto plus 
aspect ratio property with uh, 16 by 9. So you can actually specify the ratio in this property and it will, the block will stay in this ratio. That's good to know because uh, for years, whenever I was embedding a YouTube video on my blog, I was going to uh, a website called Embed Responsibly. <laughs> and you type in the YouTube link and it would vomit out some... Um, div soup with all these inline styles and then uh yeah then i discovered a, a wordpress plugin that would do the same and it's it's one of those things you think you know css is it's so unbelievably powerful in some ways and then you're reduced to not reduced to but then you have to do some sort of weird casting of the chicken bones and some incantations to do something as as trivial as as that uh, if you use just an image or a video i mean the actual video element or actual image element it works yeah but there was eye framing stuff in from youtube which everybody does i'll start replacing my padding hacks for such such responsive videos uh, soon but not tomorrow because i think it's supported in firefox already I'm not 100 sure but it's definitely going to be supported in uh, Chromium 88. Let's see how Safari goes. Yeah, I was going to ask about the cross-browser stuff. I shall, I shall keep my padding hacks for a little while. So we'll have to wait for a while, but it's a good sign. It's it's there. It's in a stable browser. It's well, it it will be stable soon. Uh, so yeah, another another developer's uh, need solved. Good. And the moment that Brian Cardell can be bothered to implement Houdini will be able to polyfill CSS as well. So make it happen, Cardell. Well, I, th I think I would I would even uh, pledge some money for this feature to be implemented in Safari. Why not indeed? Talking of developers' needs or lack of them, the world of... Uh, <clears throat> actually, I'm going to do a special voice here. The World Web Standards was rocked by an email to the CSS Working Group. Only one man can save us now, Vadim McKeith. No, I'm, I'm not going to save you. Well, at least you can explain it to us. Yeah, I'm going to try. So, huh, there is a W3C organization on GitHub where they moved all the web specification development recently. And there is CSS Working Group drafts a repository, and there is an issue called the Ground Unification Proposal. Very pretentious, I would say. Einsteinian. Not just Unification Proposal, but the Grand one. Wow. I saw someone mention it on Twitter, and I went to... Yeah, I, I like the web to be unified, universal, and, and good, and uh, available to everybody. Yeah, it, it's for everyone. One famous person said it a while ago. And there is a there is a guy who proposed with, with all the etiquette it requires, uh, with all the story and reasoning and everything. And it was a very polite and nicely formulated idea to take everything and throw it out, out the window. What could you possibly replace it with? <laughs> Just try to, try, try to guess. <laughs> could it be JavaScript? Yes. <laughs> Gosh. There we are. I didn't expect that. Seriously. I mean, I would expect it to be something uh, something new, swift, 
by Apple or Dart by by Google or some other language with some completely different uh, way of doing things. I would even consider it as a good idea or just idea worth discussing. But it's just uh, some person familiar with JavaScript and uh, less familiar uh, with uh, HTML and CSS trying to make his life easier. And that, that's the main problem of this proposal. So in this issue, you'll find just a couple of paragraphs explaining the very rough idea. But there is a Google document explaining everything in great depth. Yeah, yeah. Super complicated document explaining how everything should be changed and replaced. It's an interesting read, actually. If you don't if you, if you don't have strong opinion about the web, if you're just interested in such proposals or maybe in some good reading, it's an interesting document full of ideas and it definitely reflects this person's or it's just it's not just a single person it's it's a team of colleagues uh, that were trying to recreate the web in the shape or form they they would enjoy writing and developing and it's totally fine to to propose uh, such things to be implemented because after all we're listening we're trying to listen I'm talking like I'm a spec editor or not. Uh, I mean, the W3C and people around it, like some working groups and people developing uh, browsers and web standards, they're desperately trying to improve the process. They're trying to listen to developers. But when your feedback is not trying to improve certain things, but trying to replace how things actually work without backward compatibility, without any attempts to understand how it works already and why is that, without trying to understand how it became to be with no knowledge of the history, it becomes not a feedback, it becomes, it becomes something that you would close with a single comment like Tabatkins did. This is not an appropriate venue to discuss replacing the entire web stack, period. Closed. Closed and locked. It's true. I, I had many complex thoughts when I read this. And, you know, Vadim knows me personally, so he knows that complex thoughts are not things that happen regularly to me. You know, usually it's like food, beer, sleep. But um, I read it. And I thought, first of all, I thought this is fascinating. It's fascinating to see the mindset of traditional programmer as I was before the web. You know, I, I was a, a programmer. I worked on one environment and I could guarantee everything worked. There were limitations. You could only have 8K in memory at any one time. But I knew that anything I wrote would work anywhere and I knew that language and I knew that everybody was using the same kind of terminal and the same kind of video display. And, and I was happy as uh, Larry, not Larry Page, obviously, just any old Larry. So I could understand the frustration of somebody coming from a traditional program environment to the web and hating it because of all the, as that American politician would say, all the unknown unknowns that we have to deal with. And it, it's a schism of mindset, if you like. It, it's whereas those of us who grown up with the web or those of us whose professional lives have grown up with the web, we understand that the best thing about the web is that everybody can access it regardless of what device they're on, etc. That's the very worst thing in the world for somebody coming from this perspective. Uh, and there was a bit of a pile on, which I lament, because a lot of people were rude 
to the person suggesting it. It's going to make that person never, ever want to engage with the web standards community again, which is never a good thing. I mean, Tab's comment was entirely correct, and that wasn't rude at all. It was not the venue to discuss that. But other people who commented in the Google Doc, I thought were unnecessarily rude. And I hope they don't do that again to somebody with a more, somebody who comes with a more viable proposal, but from an equally naive perspective. I hope they don't get subject to that kind of dismissiveness again, because it's not what we want or need as a community. But yes, I confess. I also rolled my eyes and and tuttered a little bit when I was reading it. I, I've no wish to name or shame people. Whoever they were, they meant it in the best possible way and couched it incredibly, you know, as you said, courteously and politely and answered the rudest questions politely and said thank you for your feedback but you know they they were saying it's really hard to center things in css so obviously their their knowledge of css was old anyway it demonstrated once again that the it's almost the web's become a victim of its own success in that now so many people are coming from other environments and wanting to program for the web without understanding why it is what it is that they hate it. And of course, they, like anybody else, they want it to be like what they know. And I I really don't know how to bridge that gulf of saying, you know, this is what it is because of these great reasons. And yes, I know that makes your life harder, but this is the web. And then just thinking, like, I've got this bloody app I want to deploy, and it would be a piece of cake in JavaScript. And of course, then they go to React or something like that and just vomit out div soup because it seems to work for them. I just don't know how we bridge the gap but you will know vadim i have no idea actually what wait wait for it other than education yeah we have to talk about it more just just like we're doing right now bruce just finished his beer actually so you probably heard it <laughs> i finished a beer not all my beer yeah sure well that's why there was that great blog post by hitter de Vries. Uh, that was a good good reply it actually highlighted one of the main reasons or main principles in the foundation of the web. Mm-hmm. It's user-faced. Yes. And uh, user always go first. And uh, there, there should be control over your medium, how you consume it. These days, every restaurant, every every little shop, they have their menus published on the web. And in most cases, it's just a PDF. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you enjoy those A4 format PDFs? Uh, PDFs on the screen of your phone. I don't think so. And the same, the, the same for web. If there's no way for you to to adjust it or to to use it the way you want, it's really hard for web to 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 still be the same universal medium. And uh, I, even uh, preparing uh, this discussion uh, on my iPad, I tried to open this Google Groups interface on my iPad, and it's it's not ready to be opened on iPad. It's ready to be opened on desktop or mobile phone. And when it's somewhere in the middle, it just fails miserably. So I had to enable reader mode to actually read the first and the most important part of it. And it was the only way for me to actually read it. So you used a different user agent, the reader mode. It wasn't even even user agent. It's basically a special mode in Safari browser that that takes content from your page and renders in a separate view. So no author styling, only user styling. So that old thing of people reformatting content for their own particular needs that 
is so 1996 you use you use today to read a document about web standards that that's why we need to have separate content styling and behavior it's not the only reason so you would be able to read google groups poorly developed in some ways. There are many, many good arguments uh, in the Hida's uh, article. Mm -hmm. Please go read it because as developers, we always think about developer experience and uh, forget about user experience. And Hida tries to put it back in in our perspective and uh, make it first in our list of priorities. I think it's it's, uh, really important and uh, it's really good answer to this unification proposal. One of the main ideas uh, behind this unification proposal is to have JavaScript for everything, not just declarative JavaScript for markup or declarative JavaScript for CSS. You could probably write it this way, but not. There there was an idea to to have it, not to have auto-layout, for example, or auto-centering or auto-positioning, but to specify it in JavaScript, like something, something, dot style, dot top, 100 pixels. And if you need to resize your window, you'll have to recalculate it uh, manually. No browser magic. Everything you do, you do it manually in imperative language like JavaScript. And it was so far away from what we have right now. And it was so far away from this separation of content, styling, and behavior. And yeah, that that was it. That was it. Just unify everything in a a single uh, language. Uh, No declarative things, no layers of content, styling, and uh, behavior. Just like everything under control of developers. And developers tend to forget things. If there's no built-in accessibility, if there's no built-in cascade and uh, built-in way to replace styling and uh, change styling uh, based on uh, user preferences, then developers won't implement it. And it will be unusable and it will break everything. Uh, It won't be web anymore. It will be just... A bunch of interactive PDFs. Exactly, it'll be PDF. I was just going to say that. It's already there. Let's just use it for poorly designed menus on the web. Absolutely agree. I was um, One of the things I've been doing with my current client this week is helping a new person on the team who's not terribly technical learn the rudiments of accessibility. And the the moment I saw Hida's blog post, I sent it to her. You know, it's like, this is why it's good for users. The grand unification theory was all about why it's better for developers. And I'm a developer. You know, I, I, I would, in some ways, I would love it if I could just check something in one browser on my desktop and know it worked and hit the pull request button. But Hida quite rightly said, you know, the the web is for users. As the HTML design principles say, the priority of constituents is consider users over authors, over specifiers, uh, over philosophical purity. And that's got to be the way. We, We have a mechanism for delivering content from anybody to anybody, and that's too important to sacrifice. I think even if you're not a developer, uh, if you're designer or manager or someone just listening to this podcast without any reason, uh, <laughs> <laughs> even you can understand us. Like every every time I choose English as a main language for uh, for a certain interface, like in ninety percent cases, it will it switches to uh, American uh, Week, where the first day is Sunday. Mm-hmm. 
because who else speaks English language in this world, really? Like, they do it all the time. And th those are their point of view. I'm a developer, I'm in US, and every other person in the world speaking English looks like me, behaves like me, expect things like I do. And uh, that's that's the problem. So we need to sm we need to have smart defaults at least in browsers. We need to have uh, a way to change things for our needs. Every time I, I I see it, I try to switch to English UK version, but then it starts to uh, suggest uh, weird uh, UK words that I'm not used to. <laughs> and of course in the UK the week starts on Thursday and ends on Friday, so it's actually better for you. <laughs> in many ways. So in most cases, I'm pretending like I'm British. That's that's weird. Because of you developers, because of you. Anyway, Vadim, oh, what's this? Oh, I've got an, a new letter here from the postman. Dear F word, thank you for bringing the intelligent guy back. Love, St. Petersburg web standards people. Madim, Fakiv. Yep, glad we could help St. Petersburg web standards people. Until next time, I've been Bruce Lawson. I'm Vadim Makiev or Fadim Maki. What what was the what was the name? <laughs> no, you mean it was you? No. Next time your turn. Write me a silly email or I'm I mean snail mail. What was the name of this thing? Uh, letter. Letter. Right. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening, everybody, and all the links will be in the show notes. We're very glad you listened. And please tune in again when Vadim's busy social life allows. 